Jumpstart your healthy resolutions with reduced pricing on all my favorite supplements from Thorne. Right now, my entire curated selection of Thorne supplements is 20% off, including Thorne's cutting-edge brain support formula, Cinequel. I've added Cinequel to my personal daily regimen to fight off cognitive decline. Cinequel is rich in the best researched ingredients that help support brain function. Its active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, kinds, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Cinequel for everyday maintenance and Cinequel Plus, which provides higher amounts of specific nutrients for shorter-term support after impact-related head injury. Just go to DeerHoffman.com Thorn for 20% off Cinequel, as well as my entire curated selection of Thorn products. That's DeerHoffman.com Thorn. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today we're going to talk about uh, an often neglected aspect of our total health picture. It has to do with oral health. And oral health is not just about the mouth, the teeth, our cosmetic appearance, our ability to chew. Uh, It's also about our systemic health because uh, new studies are highly suggestive of the fact that periodontal uh, disease and uh, tooth decay, uh, mouth disorders uh, reflect uh, the state of the entire body and have very, very serious ramifications when it comes to uh, overall health and particularly cardiovascular disease. Uh, the expert we're going to talk about, uh, who's going to talk about this today, is Dr. William Levine. He's a board certified periodontist with 35 years of experience, and he's an expert in oral inflammation. Yeah, inflammation is a big buzzword when it comes to uh, aging, cardiovascular disease, even cancer, diabetes. And uh, so the connection between periodontal disease and inflammation uh, is an important one. Uh, He's also the chief scientist at Periactive Oral Rinse, we're going to find out a little bit about a uh, natural approach to uh, oral health uh, and founder of uh, iZune Pharmaceutical Corp. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly and uh, founder of the Jerusalem Perio Center. Uh, he spent the last 15 years researching specific plant bioactives that naturally reduce inflammation so he could help his patients prevent and manage gum disease. And he comes to us from Jerusalem, Israel. So uh, through the the marvels of modern communication, uh, here we have Dr. William Levine uh, live from Jerusalem. So Howard, welcome uh, to the program, Dr. Levine. It's a pleasure having you on Intelligent Medicine. Thanks for joining us today. Dr. Hoffman, thank you for having me. It's appreciated. Okay, so so first of all, uh, uh, tell us uh, a little bit about periodontal disease and and first of all how pervasive is it is it uh, kind of an outlier affecting a small percentage of people or is it more pervasive than we think so let me first explain a little bit about the disease itself sure um, the if you think about it the teeth are anchored into the jawbone 
So you have the lower jaw and the upper jaw, and the, the roots of the teeth are anchored into that bone. And an anchorage to bone needs to be a sterile or a non-infected environment. Um, yet the teeth um, function in the mouth, which is a highly non-sterile environment. So the way the body deals with that discrepancy is that there are a ring or a circle of cells around the neck of the tooth, which are very active from an immune perspective to prevent infections from pe penetrating within into the bone and to protect the teeth against uh, trauma and other damaging influences which can impact the bone that's anchoring the teeth. And what happens in periodontal disease is when the stimuli continue to pound away at that immune system and activate it continuously, if there's a big gathering of plaque on a continual basis or different things which are causing trauma on a continual basis, that immune system is in overdrive. And when it's in overdrive, it, it continues to function, but it doesn't function effectively in reacting to the disease initiators. And what ends up happening is it starts to turn inward and become a destructive force, damaging the bone and the attachment of the bone to the tooth. So what happens then? So, so is excuse me. In, in effect, the, this is like an autoimmune disease of of the this is absolutely uh, an autoimmune. It's an infectious and the, and, and autoimmune disease. Correct. Wow. Okay. I didn't really Correct. understand it. It has in not that been classified that way, yeah. but it's uh, it's actually under review to be reclassified that way hmm. because yeah. it's it's exactly what you're saying. The immune system is functioning to destroy the actual connection to the body. And then what happens is you get a series of abscesses, bone loss, loose teeth, uh, painful situations with swellings, so an eventual loss of teeth and loss of oral function. You mentioned earlier uh, in the uh, introduction that oral health is not just about uh, oral health, but also about the impact that the infections around the teeth and other factors uh, are affecting the systemic health. And um, that's absolutely correct, but I do want to stress the primacy and the importance of our oral health. Because if you think about it, when we meet somebody, the way we smile, the way we portray ourselves is a critical factor in communicating with that other person. So your smile, your speech are all dependent upon your teeth. Your eating and your and your enjoyment of the food that you're eating are dependent upon your teeth. So these are very, very big life quality or lifestyle factors, speech, communication, and 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 nutrition, not only for the sake of you know, providing nutrition for your body, but also for the enjoyment of eating. Then, and by the way, uh, par parenthetically, uh, the the decision to have people mask for a couple of years uh, may have uh, interfered with some of the important uh, social functions of uh, of smiling and reading facial expression uh, and uh, uh, strutting your stuff with uh, healthy looking teeth and gums. I think you're right, but in some ways, it I think it accentuated the importance of it exactly because we really missed it. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. So, um, so, so periodontal disease is what you're describing. It's an autoimmune inf infectious inflammatory disease and um, has a major impact also upon the systemic health of the body. But we can go into that when you're ready. Okay. Well, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, recently there have uh, Just to interject one more. I, I just sure, didn't, I, I didn't answer and I apologize. The second yep. half of your question, which 
it, basically, you asked how pervasive is periodontal yes. disease. Yeah. And periodontal disease actually affects over 50% of the adult population in the United States over the age of 35. So most people that we know will have some form of periodontal disease. And that gets those percentages get larger as the person ages. So it'll go up to, oh, let's say 60, 70% when you're hitting the age of 65, 70. So the numbers are extremely high and it, it's a very serious health has, has very serious health consequences for our overall health and our overall function. So is it possible, uh, Dr. Levine, that it's kind of a, a two-way street, uh, that uh, poor health, uh, poor underlying health, makes one susceptible to periodontal disease? We, we sometimes refer to this in medicine as poor protoplasm, you know, people who have health problems like diabetes and so on, uh, that that renders them more susceptible to infection and poor immune response. But conversely, since it's a two-way street, that the infection itself and that the immune system's futile efforts to fend off the infection uh, undermines uh, systemic health. So it's kind of a going back and forth, chicken and egg. There's no question that that's correct, and I don't think anybody has or the exact answer of what the ratio is, we, we refer to that as bi-directionality of the mm -hmm. diseases. Yeah. In other words, if you have periodontal disease, which is causing a bacteremia or a bacterial flow into the blood system and affecting other organs and, and raising your inflammatory profile with a large range of different pro-inflammatory cytokines and other chemicals which can impact upon your overall health, that's going to affect other diseases in your body and at the same time, other diseases in your body which weaken your immune system's function will affect the progression of the periodontal disease. Um, it's definitely true in terms of diabetes. It's definitely true in terms of cardiac disease, uh, strokes, uh, certain forms of dementia, and many, many other diseases are actually have a bidirectional effect with periodontal disease. And so that um, treating your gum disease for a patient who has cardiac problems is a must. And when you do a blood test, I mean, typically we'll check for we'll inflammatory check. markers like uh, sedimentation rate uh, or C-reactive protein. And in a patient with unexplained elevations in C-reactive protein or SED rate, uh, perhaps it's, it's the gums that are worthy of investigation. Um, you, there's no question about it that, you know, that the uh, inflammation in the tissue and the gums around the teeth will affect the CRP and, the, you know, the C-reactive protein and the SED rate. It's, there's no question about that. But periodontal disease is the type of disease where it doesn't maintain a constant uh, level of infection and, or inflammation. It ebbs and flows. It goes through cycles. So if you catch it at a normal high cycle, you will definitely see a change. Whereas if you capture it a low cycle, you might not notice the change, but it, it's there. So how do you determine if you uh, have periodontal disease? What are the signs? And of course, you know, a dental exam should reveal it. And how do dentists determine whether you have it and to what degree you might have it? So it's a good question. I think from the patient's perspective, 
the most glaring or most uh, easily detectable sign is bleeding, slightly swollen, and irritated gums. If your gums hurt while you eat or while you are brushing your teeth, there's some inflammation there. If your gums are bleeding when you eat, that's a very serious sign of inflammation. If your gums are bleeding when you brush your teeth, again, that's a problem. So we, those signs of inflammation are critical. Now, the way the dentist will examine this is he will generally take a very thin instrument, blunt, so it's not painful, and just stroke around the neck of the tooth to see if bone destruction has taken place. Uh, but a good sign for a patient is, hmm, are my teeth shifting around? Is my bite as strong as it was? Um, are my teeth slightly loose? It may not be periodontal disease, but most of the time it is. Yeah, there's, a, there's an expression that someone is a little bit long in the tooth, you know, which is associated with uh, aging, the aging process <laughs> itself. Uh, but is it not a I mean, a right. gum recession, you know, the fact that more tooth surface is exposed, is that not a sign of some degree of periodontal disease? Absolutely. It's a clear sign. And I thank you for bringing it up. It's a sign that some of, if, if the tooth root is exposed, which is recession, as you're describing it, or long in the tooth, that means that some of the bone has been destroyed already. And that's why that root is exposed. So that's an absolute definitive sign that some periodontal disease is taking place. Okay, so, you know, we look at sometimes the epidemiology of diseases, you know, why are they so prevalent in Western society? Uh, are they as prevalent uh, in societies where people consume uh, ancestral diets, uh, you know, have different uh, lifestyles, uh, you know, chew more fiber? You know, is, is there anything that we can nail down as a, as a culprit in terms of uh, causing the soaring incidence of periodontal disease? It's a very good question. A lot of those studies have not yet been done yet. There are variables between different cultures. There's no question about it. For example, in the Chinese and Japanese diet, there's a lot of green tea. As you know, green mm -hmm. tea contains a lot of uh, materials or different compounds which are anti-inflammatory. And there's actually been documented evidence that people who drink a lot of green tea will actually have less oral inflammation. Um, but in terms of Mediterranean diet, for example, uh, they have done those studies for other diseases, but not yet for periodontal disease. And of course, but, but I think your underlying assumption is that it will have an impact. And I tend to agree with you from a scientific perspective. Right. And of course, uh, you know, the, the ultimate uh, culprit, uh, you know, ultra processed foods and, and sugars, right? Well, they will. Well, it's an interesting question because what happens in teeth is the mouth is filled with bacteria and they tend to gather and stick to the teeth, particularly at the neck of the tooth around the edge of the gums. Now, there are different types of bacteria. Some bacteria will ingest that sugar that you, that you bring into your mouth and create an acidic environment, which will cause holes in your teeth, what we call caries, or, or, and, you, and, and, and you can have a real problem with caries, caries response. Uh, this, but the other types of bacteria are the ones that drive into the gums, and they're usually independent. They're ty different types of bacteria. So that um, the sugar will provide a healthy growth environment for all of those bacteria, but it'll have a different, or different let's say, disease effect based on the different bacteria that are getting stimulated, even though they all are. So you're going to end up getting an increase in caries or holes or, you know, that need to be filled and, or treated. 
and can progress to needing root canal or loss of tooth. At the same time, with a different group of, of culprit bacteria, you will have an increase in inflammation, a turn on of that inflammatory system and reacting and developing into a full-blown autoimmune reaction, which is causing bone destruction. So you'll have both caries and periodontal disease going on simultaneously. And these days, there's a lot of talk about the microbiome, and you know, particularly as it resides in the intestinal tract. But the mouth is sort of the portal to the gastrointestinal tract. And as such, uh, it has either a healthy or uh, a dysbiotic balance of bacteria. And is there anything about our, our lifestyles or our diets, uh, the uh, mouthwashes we use or disinfectants we use that can upset the, the balance of bacteria? Because a healthy, we don't want a, a sterile mouth. We want a mouth that actually gives rise to healthy protective bacteria, not the harmful bacteria. Yeah, you're 100% right. And I think you're sitting at the cusp of the cutting edge of what we're trying to accomplish. In other words, we want to reduce the, the harmful or the pathologic bacteria and yet keep a healthy bacterial environment. Because as you said, the minute you sterilize the mouth, you're just going to be susceptible to fungal infections and to other problems. Right. So the mouth needs certain healthy bacteria to function, as does the rest of our intestinal tract, as you pointed out. Yet, how do we maintain that balance? So one of the first things we need to do is really mechanical brushing because the younger, if we strip off the, the plaque that's been there for a long time or the bacterial colonies that have grown there over time with mechanical effect, it'll be the newly formed plaque or the new bacteria that adhere to the teeth and are protective are young, healthy bacteria. And they belong there and they should be there. But if you don't strip off that plaque mechanically, then you're going to have, uh, you're going to need chemical agents to do that. Chemical agents will strip off both the healthy and the pathologic bacteria and leave you, you know, more susceptible to uh, other problems. So again, brushing is a critical part of oral care to keep that plaque young and, and healthy. And what's the, the second of, thing what's is, the, excuse me, what's the uh, role of biofilms in kind of uh, sequestering the bacteria and preventing them from being uh, destroyed by your defenses and potentially even by mechanical uh, brushing and flossing? So the way the bacteria stay, stay on the tooth, don't forget the bacteria are, you know, submicroscopic in a sense, and they're floating around your mouth. And the way they attach to the tooth is which, uh, with, with a special sugar protein called the glycoprotein, which has a sticky part to it. And the bacteria can secrete these agents, and that stickiness allows them to adhere to the tooth surface, to the gum surface. So that, that would be the beginning of the biofilm. But then you touched on something earlier, which was interesting. You used the word dysbiosis. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the mouth is... is if you have a healthy mouth and healthy gums, so the bacteria will not be influenced negatively by the inflammation around the teeth. So what will happen is you'll have a natural, healthy development of a biofilm around the teeth. And you have to keep it young by, by mechanical brushing, but it's not going to be a negative event. But let's say you have a highly inflamed uh, gums, 
because you have active periodontal disease, be it gingivitis or periodontitis, gingivitis being the more superficial type of periodontal disease and periodontitis being the one that's more penetrating and causing bone destruction. But either one has a very high level of inflammation with a lot of different agents which tend to provide a nutritional base for the negative or pathologic bacteria. What will then happen is that biofilm that begins to form is actually influenced by the increased nutrition for the negative or pathologic bacteria, and you're going to get a very unhealthy biofilm very rapidly. And that's the part of the problem that you keep putting that inflammatory system or that protective system into overdrive. We don't refer to that anymore as plaque, even though most dentists do. We refer to it exactly as you refer to it as it's a dysbiosis. In other words, it's a biofilm, but it's dis because, or, 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 off, off, or off its kilter or, or not appropriate because it's influenced by the inflammation underneath it. So the inflammation actually creates Wow. A very bad biofilm. So it's that's why these people cycle. don't have like a chance a to recover. It's a self-perpetuating kind of process, right? Yeah. Precisely. Okay, great. Well, uh, so we've laid down the ground. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did no, you say that's okay. Yeah, we've, we've laid down. No, there was coffee. <laughs> oh, there was coffee. Okay. We've laid the groundwork for our discussion in part two, because in part two, I want to talk about uh, solutions. And uh, you can find out more. Uh, from Dr. Levine's website. It's getperiactive.com. In part two, we'll talk about uh, you know, some innovative uh, natural solutions to periodontal disease. We'll all talk about uh, some of the standard treatments uh, that are available to people. Uh, hopefully, uh, we can forestall the progression of periodontal disease before people need uh, gum surgery or more radical approaches. Uh, but uh, sometimes those approaches are necessary, and Dr. Levine is well acquainted with them, uh, with uh, uh, many years of experience in periodontal disease and implantology. When we return, more on the subject of oral health. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.